welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Welcome to church this weekend. We are so glad you're here with us. Hey, before we go any further in this message, can we just take a moment and posture ourselves and prepare ourselves to hear God speak to us? I want to pray for all of us before we go any further. So let's just take a second. God, I ask right now, wherever this video is being watched, that your spirit is moving, that your spirit is speaking. God, I ask for every distraction every weapon of the enemy to stop in the name of Jesus. We arrest the weapons of the enemy and command that they fall to the ground dead in Jesus' name. God, I ask that walls are dropping down, that ears are opening up, that eyes are opening up to receive your truth, to receive your life, to receive your wholeness this very moment as your spirit breathes upon us, as it moves and as it speaks to us. God, we thank you for all that you're doing and continue to do. And in your son's mighty name, we pray. And we all said, amen. Amen. Welcome to church this weekend. Hey, we are in our series called Remember When. It's a series about looking back and remembering when God moved before in people in the Bible, maybe in neighbors, maybe in other stories, but we can look back and remember when God has moved so that we can move ahead into the future. Revelation chapter 12 talks about how they overcame by the blood of the lamb, which is the work that Jesus did on the cross for us, and by the words of their testimony. Testimonies and stories of what God has done and is doing and will continue to do are the very things that give us hope, that give us encouragement, that help us look in here and say, man, if God did it, then he can do it again. I keep saying this and I hope that it's finding a home in your heart so that when you are bumping up against things in your life, you are remembering and saying, hey, you know what? This looks really bad. It looks really terrible, but I'm remembering when God moved. And I know that if he did it, then he can do it again. I'm remembering what he did in so-and-so's life and he did it for them. If he did it for them, I know that he can do it for me. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to share one of my favorite stories with you. It's found in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 20, and I just love this story. It's a story about overcoming, God overcoming what in the natural looks like almost insurmountable odds where you would think there was no way to get out of this. But God makes a way where there seems to be no way. Amen. 2 Chronicles, if you would go there with me, chapter 20, and we're going to start off the bat right in verse 1. I'm reading from the New Living Translation this weekend, and it starts off and it says this, After this, the armies of the Moabites, the Ammonites, and some of the Meonites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Listen, we've all had bad days in life, haven't we? We've all had days where things did not go the way that we wanted them to. Things didn't look the way we wanted them to. We didn't end up at the end of the day feeling the way we wanted to. But this is a day that is incredibly bad because not just one thing happened. Not just one group of people decided they were going to go fight against Jehoshaphat. Not just two groups of people decided they were going to go fight against Jehoshaphat. But wait, there's more. 
three groups of people teamed up and said, we are going to go and fight against Jehoshaphat. And they didn't just say, we're going to go fight against him. They declared war. One, two, three, four. I declare a thumb of war. You know, listen, let's talk about war for a minute. War is not fun. War isn't a thumb of war like, oh, this is so fun. Wee! No, that's not war. War involves one kingdom imposing itself on another kingdom through death, through destruction, through war, through fighting, through famine, through whatever means necessary. It's about one kingdom coming in and trying to destroy and crush the other kingdom and take what it has. And listen, three groups teamed up against Jehoshaphat and the children of Israel here and said, we declare war on you. I want to talk to somebody today who feels like they have had war declared on them. Maybe the enemy has declared war in your marriage. Maybe the enemy has declared war in your finances. Maybe the enemy has declared war in your body. Maybe he has declared war in your relationships with your friends or your neighbors or your co-workers. Or maybe he's declared war in the relationships in your home with your siblings and your spouse or your children. Maybe he's declared war in some other area, maybe in your mind or your emotions. He is declaring war on you. But we're here today to look at a story where God, where people, were declared war on and God came through and worked on their behalf. And I'm going to tell you again, if he did it then, he can do it again. So if you feel like you have had war declared on you, I'm here to show you and tell you today that God is wanting to move. You don't have to stay in a state of war. You don't have to stay in a state of chaos. God is working and moving. And if he, de- if he overcame back then, he's going to overcome today in your circumstances. Amen. Amen. I heard that. I heard you. All right. So it says in verse 2, Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They're already at Engedi. Verse 3 starts off, and it says, Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news. And listen, that's a normal response, isn't it? Three armies have joined up together to form one mega army, and they're all coming looking for you. I don't know what's going on in your marriage. I don't know what's going on in your finances. I don't know what's going on in your body. If you're sick, if you're dealing with symptoms, if you've got sickness and disease, I don't know what's going on. But I tell you what, when the enemy declares war, God is going to come through and work on your behalf. If you will put your trust in him. And so sometimes when the enemy declares war on you, it can look scary. I don't know how I'm going to fix this. I don't know how I'm going to get through to the other side. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm really afraid. So we're going to look at four steps in this story of overcoming the enemy and how we overcome the enemy. So number one says Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news. The sentence doesn't stop there. It doesn't say Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news, period. Let's talk about something else. It says Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. So the first step in overcoming defeat, in overcoming, um, the, uh, overcoming the enemy when he's declared war on your life. The first step, the very first thing you do is run to God. 
Can I say that again for you? The first step, when the enemy declares war and he says, hey, guess what? I'm bringing this to you. Guess what? Boom. I'm going to drop the bomb of disease in your life. Boom. Guess what? I'm going to drop the bomb of divorce and, and not getting along in your family and your life. Boom. Boom. Guess what? I'm going to drop the bomb of financial hardship in your life. Boom. The first thing you do, the very first thing you do, you don't, you don't go find somebody else to go whine and snivel to, oh, my life is so bad. I don't know what I'm going to do. It's so hard. How am I going to do? The first thing you do is run to God. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10 says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run to it and are saved. Run to God. When the enemy declares war on you, don't just have a pity party. Don't feel bad for yourself. Don't try and find people to gather around you and help you feel bad for yourself. I'm telling you today, if you want to get through the war that the enemy has declared on you, the first thing you do, the very first thing you do is run to God. I love this. It says in the New Living Translation that Jehoshaphat begged the Lord for guidance, and then he ordered everybody to get on a fast. Guys, we're not stopping here. We're not going to be destroyed. We're not going to be defeated. We're not going to be dead. We are going to beg the Lord for guidance. We're going to pray and fast until we see him move in our lives. And I'm thinking about when Jesus cast out that demon, the disciples said, why couldn't we cast out this guy? Like we tried to cast him out, but we couldn't do it. And Jesus said, this kind does not come out by prayer and fasting. This is just a side note, but some wars that you will face and fight in your life, you're going to have to do more than just praying once a day for five minutes. You might have to do some fasting. You might have to do some serious praying. You might have to get some people to come around you and link arms and pray and fast just like they did here together to see. God move on your behalf to help you wage this war, to help you win this war. It's not enough just to, to cry and snivel and say, poor me, poor me. You got to run to God, beg him for guidance and pray and fast and watch him move in your life. So all that to say, number one, the first thing you do when the enemy declares war on you, you don't feel bad for yourself. You run to God. Verse uh, 5 says, Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord, and he prayed. And I just want to read this prayer to you that he began to pray. Maybe it will stir something up inside of you as we go along here. He said, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty, and no one can stand against you. Hey, that is a great reminder. Come on. Oh, God. God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. And they said, they said, now here is a great scripture that maybe you should highlight. Maybe you should take a picture of it. Maybe you should make some notes in here, but you should pay attention to this verse right here. It says, they said, whenever we are faced with any calamity, underline that word any, any calamity, such as war, 
plague or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. And we can cry out to you to save us and you will hear and rescue us. Let's just read that again because that verse is so good and I'm getting excited and I'm all by myself in this room and I want to jump up and down and run around, but I can't because the camera will go out of focus. So I need you to cheer me along. He said, whenever we are faced with any calamity, it doesn't matter what kind of war the enemy is waging on you. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter. You can pick whatever the, the war he is waging on you is in your life because this verse here says any calamity. And you know what the word any means? Yeah, that's right. It means any. There's, there's not like an exclusion to it. It means you can pick this one or that one or this one over here, or this guy over there or that one. You can pick any of them because it says we can, uh, whenever we're faced with any calamity such as war, plague or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us and you will hear us and rescue us. And I'm thinking of that scripture in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Maybe you're saying, Jake, this is Old Testament. This is Old Testament, and they had to go to the temple, and I don't have a temple to go stand in now. Listen, this is Old Testament. Now we know that you can go. Hebrews, I want to read this to you. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 says it this way. It says that, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God, there we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Now you don't have to go to a temple. Now because of the work that Jesus did on the cross, the Bible tells us that when Jesus gave up his spirit, that the veil in the temple was torn in two, symbolizing that now man could go into God's presence. So you don't have to go find a temple. Now when you need God in your life, you can boldly go into his throne room and boldly go see him and talk to him and say, I need help in my life. There is war being waged on me. And you said, if I come to you in any circumstances, you will hear and rescue me. So I'm telling you today, if you're waging war, if war is being declared on you in your body, your mind, your will, your emotions, your relationships, your finances, in any area, in any calamity, if war is being waged on you, run to God. And when you get there, call out to him because the word says, when you call out to him, he will hear you and save you. Come on now. I hope, man, I'm so excited. Right <laughs> okay, so let's keep going. Verse 10 says, Now see what the armies of the, Am uh, the Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. You would not let us, our ancestors, invade those nations when we left Egypt. So they went around them and didn't destroy them. Now see how they reward us for they've come to throw us out of your land, which you gave us as an inheritance. Oh God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. How many times of your life have you said, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. Come on. Come on, somebody. You got to look to him for your help. Uh, as all the men of Judah stood there before the Lord in verse 13 with their little ones, their wives and the children, the spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. And his name was Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jael, son of Mattaniah, a Levite who was a descendant of Asaph. 
And he said here, listen up, listen up. In verse 15, he says, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. And I'm telling you what, for some of you today that the enemy has declared war on, this is what the Lord is saying to you. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army. Listen, the Lord is even acknowledging here, yep, that's a big army. You're right, I can see that thing coming, and it's a big army. But guess what? No big army is too big for him. There's nothing that he can't do, so don't worry about it. He says, uh, don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. The battle is not yours, but God's. The second step into overcoming the enemy, into defeating the enemy and getting victory is remembering that the battle is not yours. It's God's. You don't got to fight this by yourself. You run to him, you cry out to him, and he will hear you and save you. You don't got to fight this thing on your own. You're not by yourself. The word of God tells us that he will never leave us or forsake us. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, he is right there. And he's saying right now in this moment, the battle is not yours, but God's. You've got to remember that the fight is his. Amen. Tomorrow in verse 16, march out against them. You'll find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your position, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you. Verse 17 again, but you will not even need to fight. Take your position, then stand still and watch the victory. He is with you. The third thing I want to tell you today is that you need to take your place. You need to take your place. Listen, when you are in a war and God is speaking to you and giving you directions, you need to do exactly what he tells you to do. In this instance, their place was to go up on a hill and take their place and watch because God was going to work in their life. You know what? Every battle you fight, every war you fight is going to look different, but you need to have your ear inclined and turn to the voice of God so that when he is speaking to you, so when he is telling you, listen, Verse 16 is very specific instructions. He says, tomorrow, go march out against them. You'll find them coming up over here. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to go stand and get in position. God gives you instructions. God gives you directions. We talked about this last week, looking at Moses, that on holy ground, in those holy ground moments, that God will give you direction for your life. And when you are in a, in a war and you are spending time and you're running to God, crying out for him to save you, he will give you directions. He will give you instructions and they're going to look different in every battle you fight. Listen, side note, I don't know how old you are, you who are watching this right now, but the longer you live life, the longer you're on this planet, the more battles and the more wars that will be waged against you. And I can almost guarantee you many of those fights and battles and wars that you have to fight are going to have different instructions that the Lord gives you on what you are supposed to do in those fights. Now in this one, he says, listen, this isn't your fight. I'm going to fight it for you, but I've got things that I want you to do. Maybe there are wars in your marriage and God's saying, listen, here's
says, I'm going to work in your husband or wife's heart and mind, and I'm going to soften their hearts, but here's what I want you to do. Here's the role that I want you to place. This is the position I want you to take. Maybe your finances are just out of whack and out of control, but here's, I'm going to work on your behalf. I'm going to work. I see you paying your tithe. I see you giving to the house of the Lord. I see you putting me first. And so here's what I'm going to do for you. But this is the position and the place that I want you to take. So the third thing that you need to remember in overcoming the enemy when war is being waged on you is to take your place. And that comes from listening clearly, listening intently to the voice of God. So when he tells you, this is what I want you to do, you go and do it. All right. So he says, take your positions, stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you. Oh, people of Judah and Jerusalem, don't be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow for the Lord is with you. He keeps reminding, hey, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. I'm with you. God wants you to remember. God wants to remind you you're not alone. He's with you everywhere you go. When you are trusting Him, when you are calling on Him, when you are seeking Him, when you are obeying Him and stepping out as He's called you to do, He's not sending you out off on your own to go fight these things. He is with you. We talked about this last week as well. He is with you. Don't be afraid. Whatever war is being waged on you today, in you personally, in your family, around you, whatever war is being waged on you, God is with you. Take your place. Take your place where he calls you and tells you to go. And then remember that God is with you. Okay, the last point here we're going to read on, starting in verse 18. It says, Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites from the clans of Kothath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa, and on the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in His prophets, and you will succeed. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. And this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Can we talk about this strategically in, in military strategy for a minute? Listen, tactically speaking, when you go out to battle, when you go out to war, um, if I had to guess, now I'm no military strategist, but if I had to guess, my guess would never be put a marching band of some kind at the front, in front of all your soldiers. But here the Lord has told them, hey, I'm going to fight this battle for you. You don't have to worry about it. I want you to go and watch out. In the New King James, it says, stand and see the salvation of the Lord. So I want you to go out. And I want you to watch what, what I'm going to do on your behalf. And some of you that are watching this right now and that war has been declared in some area of your life, God is saying to you today, I'm going to work miraculously in your life. And I want you to stand and watch and see what I'm going to do. And so Jehoshaphat and all these people began to go out where God had told them to go. They began to go out to the position that God had called them to go to. 
But as they did, instead of saying, you know what, just to be safe, just to like, just in case we're still going to have our soldiers in the front. What they did instead of that was let us put our worship at the front and let us go out worshiping God. Let us go out singing praise and giving thanks. I want to tell you this today. The fourth step in overcoming the victory when war is declared on you, when the enemy has said, I'm coming for you, the fourth step is to give praise and thanksgiving. Give praise and thanksgiving. Give praise and thanksgiving. Listen, we had a pastor who used to say all the time, Prayer asks, but thanksgiving receives. And it's true. We go to prayer and we ask God to work and to move in our life, but then we need to come along with thanksgiving, with praise, with worship, and begin to thank God for what we believe that He is doing in our lives. These guys went out. God told them, stand still and see the salvation. God said, you go take your place and watch what I'm about to do for you on your behalf. All you got to do is wait and see. And so they trusted God so much that they began to go out instead of with the army at the front, instead of with their knives out of the front, instead of with their guns out in the front, and just in case they had to shoot because, because they showed up before God was ready to act. Who knows? Instead of doing those things. They went out praising and thanking God. And here's, here's why praise is so important. Because you can't praise who you don't know. And you can't give thanks for what you don't believe you haven't received. And so when you begin to praise and give thanks to God, it, it begins to prepare the atmosphere. It begins to prepare your heart. And as you begin to praise God, you begin to think about what He's done and what He's doing on your behalf. As you begin to give Him thanks, you begin to say, God, I thank you. I thank you for moving in my life. God, I thank you that you are my healer, that you are Jehovah Rapha. God, I thank you that your word says, by your stripes on the cross, I'm healed. God, I thank you that you are working in my my finances, that you are Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, my provider. And your word says, if I bring all the tithes in the storehouse, that you're going to open the windows of heaven and pour a blessing so great upon me that I don't have room enough to receive it. So what happens is you begin to give thanks and to give praise. You begin to realize who God is in your life. You begin to realize what God is doing in you and for you. And you begin to give thanks and it stirs your faith up. Praise begins to, to prepare the atmosphere. It causes your faith to grow. It causes your anticipation and your trust in God moving in you to grow because you're giving thanks for what you believe He's going to do. You've got to praise. You can't listen. So many of us, when we need God to move in our lives, we end up doing things like this. God, my life is a mess, man. This situation is out of control. I, I need you to work. I need you to move. Jesus, please do something. In Jesus' name, amen. And then five minutes later, God, I don't know if you've heard, but I need you to move in my life. Things are just really bad and I don't know what to do, so please move. And then five minutes later, God, I need you to really work and move in my life. Things are out of control and it's a mess and I don't know what I'm going to do, so please move. And then guess what? Five minutes later, God, I'm really, um, I'm not sure what's happening. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you're getting my other prayers, but something's going on and I need your help. So please work and move. But what you need to do is go and talk to God. Run to God like Jehoshaphat did. Beg him for his guidance. 
go into his presence because like it said, he hears you and he's going to save you. And so when you've asked God for whatever it is you need, when you've told him about the war that has been declared on you, then what you begin to do is you begin to praise him and give him thanks. You begin to praise him for who he is. You begin to give him thanks for what you believe he's done in your life. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. You know, I used to, I, I believe that you're my healer. I believe that you're my healer. I believe that I am the healer of the Lord. I believe that on the cross, Jesus, you, your body, you took by your stripes, you took my sicknesses and all of my infirmities. And I thank you, God. I thank you that you are my healer. And you begin to walk around giving praise and thanksgiving. You don't just ask over and 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 over. So many of us do that. You ask God and then in faith, you begin to praise and give him thanks because you know that he is a good, faithful God and that he is going to do all that he has promised that he would do. And when you run to him, when you call out to him, when the righteous run to the strong tower of his name, he will save you. Praise creates the atmosphere where your faith begins to grow. God wants to work and move. God doesn't want to leave you in a war. God wants to take you from this war to the other side. And I want to show you one last verse in the last moment that we have. It says that they began to give thanks to the Lord and His faithful love endures forever was the song they began to sing. And it says this in verse 22. And some of you need to highlight, underline, write this verse everywhere you go. It says, at the very moment they began to sing and give praise. At the very moment they began to sing and give praise. At the very moment they began to sing and give praise. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. And after they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. Come on. When you begin to praise, listen, when you run to God, when war has been declared on you and you run to God, and then you remember it's his fight and it's not your fight, and then you take your place when you're with him and he says, this is what I want you to do. This is how we're going to do this. You take your place and then you've heard God and you've obeyed what God says and you begin to give him praise. God will work in your life every time. Remember when the enemy declared war on you? on your marriage, in your finances. Remember when he declared war in your kids, in your relationships, in your body? I'm here to remind you today that when you run to God and you call out to him, he reminds you that through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, that it's no longer your fight that you're not by yourself, that this is his fight and the work has been done by the blood of Jesus. You take your place and you begin in faith to praise and give thanks for what he's done and for what he's doing. God will, merc, merc, will work and move in your life. 
in miraculous ways, through insurmountable odds that you thought you could never, ever, ever, ever make it through. I want to pray with you this morning. Father, we thank you that your word always brings life and truth and healing. And God, I just want to pray for people that if the enemy has declared war on us, God, I want to pray that you are working and that you are moving, that you are reminding us that it's not our fight, that your son already paid the price for the fight and he already finished the fight and was victorious and made death and hell under his feet. Father, I thank you that we don't have to try and do these things on our own, that we're not by ourselves, but when we take our place as you've instructed us and give you praise and thanks, God, that we will watch you move and work in our lives again and again and again. And Father, that your name will be glorified and lifted high. Father, I thank you that you seal these words in our heart today, that you seal these truths in our heart, so that as we go away this weekend, we remember, we remember that you are our salvation. That all we need to do is stand still and watch you move. All we need to do is put our trust in you, squarely and solely in you, taking our place, doing what you've called us to do, and giving praise and thanks. Father, we love you. We worship you. In your son's name we pray. We all said, amen. Hey, one more thing. If you're watching this today and you're saying, I need that God that you're talking about in my life. I, I don't understand it. My life is in shambles and I feel like not one, not two, not three, maybe 10 enemies have declared war on me and I need somebody to fight my battles. I need somebody to come in and help me make it through. Otherwise, I'm not going to make it. If that's you, I want to pray with you this morning and pray with you to, to accept Jesus in your life because He has done the work. He has made, uh, made you victorious. When you accept Him into your life, you are victorious through Him. So if you say, hey, that's me, I need this Jesus in my life, I need this God in my life, I'm gonna pray, all you gotta do is repeat this prayer after me. So let's do that. Father, I come to you today. I need you in my life. So very bad. God, I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. I ask you to lead me, to guide me, to show me how to go through this mess through this war and come through victorious. I believe in my heart and I say with my mouth that you were raised for the dead. I thank you for accepting me into your family today. In Jesus name, we all said, Amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to hear with you. We would love to talk more with you about that decision you just made and uh, help you walk through that, help you understand it and give you some tools to move forward into the future. It's not just about a prayer. It's a lifestyle. It's, it's growing in a relationship with Him. And I make this guarantee to you as well. If you say, hey, I just prayed that prayer, or maybe you didn't pray that prayer and you're already a believer, I make this guarantee to everybody. If you will make a commitment and say, I am going to plug in 
to church, to the house of God, wherever that is. Maybe you've got your own local church or you're talking about this is your home church. If you make a commitment to plug into that church and say, this is my home and I'm going to go to church every chance I get. I'm going to be sincere about this. I make a challenge and a guarantee to you that if you do that for the next year, in a year's time, your life will not look the same as it does today. You'll have different circumstances. You'll have different things taking place. God will grow in the inside of you. He will give you understanding and wisdom and revelation. And all you got to do is make that commitment. Say, I'm, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to put God first in all I do. We'd love to hear from you. Again, send us an email to the address on the screen and somebody will be in touch with you about the next steps that you can take. We love you. We're praying for you all. We can't wait to see you. Have an amazing rest of your weekend. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.